to a uh, quarantine episode of WWE show. It is episode 19. To be fair, does a quarantine episode really... Like, we're already quarantined. We're not well, next to record this anyway. Yeah, we're already... We record this remote. Anyway, so it's not... Nothing's changed on our end in mm-hmm. terms of ability to record shows, uh, ability to out interviews in fact if anything interviews have gone up which which it's because i'm working from home so i'm like oh i have to watch a bunch of tutorials let's just kind of multitask mike works from home so you can not only watch tutorials but you can also do more interviews um because you're working from home i am not uh where right. i work is considered essential so uh, to be fair, my work is essential also, but um, my work is quote-unquote essential, and we're working remote essential, not same Yeah, type. what I do can't be done remotely, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I get to go into work every day, everybody else in the uh, home. So... How how is leaving the house right now? Is it is there are there cars on the road? Does it look like an apocalypse happened? No, I mean it's a, a little bit lighter traffic. Um, I've got to, I've got to ask the question in your household. How is your toilet paper stockpile? Fine. Oh, okay, you don't have like thousands of toilet paper rolls. Nope. Oh, you don't understand. You can sell it for good money. See the guy that got arrested for trying to do that. No, I did not. It's funny as hell. <laughs> did you see the, I think it was the woman who got arrested for licking $35,000 worth of produce and meat around Chicago? I saw there was one in Jersey. I mean, it was Jersey. But yeah, I saw it. I was like, what the hell? Um, well, somebody else got charged with domestic terrorism for that. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I'm glad we're all handling this calmly. There are no chaos going on in the world. Nothing at all. I mean, people are just idiots anyway, so. I think I think we knew that one. I think just this just proved it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we said this. I'm Mike. That there is ye old AJ. Not that much older than you. <laughs> ye old AJ. Oh, like O-L-E apostrophe? Yeah, I'm not that much older. I'm what, a year older than you? That's a, that's a long fucking time. A lot happened in the past year. A lot happened in the past two weeks. <laughs> so this is this is true. Nice. Um. Yeah. Housekeeping. Uh. As of now, no Momocon. Momocon is officially delayed, which means I don't know. It's their official statement is that we'll, they're we'll have to working see when it, on when it comes back. What's happening? Pull up there. That's not accurate. Their update statement. Um. They are currently exploring new dates for the Momocon 20 experience and will continue to work around the clock with Congress Center, hotel partners, and government and an update as soon as possible. Which literally means no one is quite sure, but I think it's pretty safe to say since Indy 500 just moved out Memorial Day weekend, it's not happening at Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that 
Bumble kind of re- reacted when they did, and Indy was like, well, we're still going to... That is true. Indeed, to be fair, though, I think Indiana is in a state, state order where Georgia is not. But again, would go back to your point. Yeah, that is, that is very interesting. Um, I'm a little disappointed, but we will figure out what is happening when it is happening. So, AJ, we have, I think, the three biggest games in the last two weeks on our list between us. Where would you like to begin? Uh, Call of Duty Warzone is arguably the greatest way to level up in that game. Wait, so it's the, is it the same level-up system as the multiplayer? Uh-huh. And it's weapon XP. Well, okay, so here's how it works. Okay, um, okay, walk me through this. There's a pre-lobby. Okay. That you drop into, and you're given a gun. And any damage or kills that you get with that gun count towards the progress. Wait, in the pre-lobby? Yeah. What the hell? So, like, uh... The last game that I played, the first gun that I dropped with was a crossbow, and um, I got like three or four kills with that and unlocked a new scope for it in multiplayer. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's it doesn't count towards like you're standing in the final in the game, so and it kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. like you're doing damage with the the guns, because you can actually kill people in the re-lobby, they just respawn. Um, so, and then XP that you get from uh, guns on pickups, so like, just, stuff just laying around doesn't count towards the guns. Hmm. Uh, but if you get a loadout drop, all that stuff counts towards uh, the guns that you. That is. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, legitimately, to me, the fundamental concern is, ob- like, obviously it's the same system. A, it's weird. Um, and then B, it's this weird thing of, because that was kind of the Call of Duty's thing, is we have the RPG system on the back end. And it kind of just broke it. I mean, it does and it doesn't. Like, you're still doing stuff with the guns. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's not like you're going in and a kill in Warzone is worth a thousand XP and, you know, instantly leveling two or three levels on a gun. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it makes sense that when you're using your loadouts, that you're getting the uh, the XP for that because you're using the gun. Is you mm-hmm. can, is, so, the thing that balances the loadouts is it's the most expensive thing. It's 6500 bucks to get a loadout drop. Mm-hmm. Maybe a 64 Either way, it's a lot of money. And so, the only way that you get money is through um, rates. will drop anywhere from 100 to, I've seen 2000 come out of a crate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you pick up cash if you kill somebody. 
So you either have to be extremely lucky with crates or lucky with crates and good with, you know, whatever guns you pick up to even get to the 6,000. Mm-hmm. Unless it's late game. Um, so the loadout drop gets kind of balanced in that sense. But, I mean, like, my loadout that I have specifically for Warzone, I need to tweak a little bit, but... Um, it's an MP5 with the 10 mil rounds and the uh, the monolith suppressor on it. So it does increased damage because of the rounds. It does increased damage and range because of the suppressor. So it has 30 rounds in a mag. I can take somebody from full shields to dead 30 rounds. Hmm. The MP5 just absolutely slaps in. Uh, probably the next best gun would be the, I guess, the Odin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably need to put that as my second gun. Because uh, right now I have a Card 98, and sniping is impossible in Warzone. Unless you're just a camper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to figure out if I'm going to do the Odin or... Like an MP4 or something, or uh, an M4 or something like that for my second gun. But so remind me, did you play um, Blackout ever? No, never played Blackout. So we can't compare to that. But I've got to ask. So let's let's say let's say pretend I have a magic whiteboard in front of me, and it's and it's the ranking of the of the big bad royals, right? So the Fortnites, the Apexes, all that, right? Where where does this go on the ranking? What do you mean? Where how does it like? Is it a better battle royale than Apex? Um. Yes. Really? That's interesting. Why? Well, I just like Call of Duty better than. Than, than Apex. that feels. Yeah. Which, which I agree, though they feel different, but I argue Apex is probably one of the the shooter that probably feels closest Call of Duty because the team behind it, obviously. Why? Yeah. Why? biggest pet peeve about battle royales is when they have um like character specials you know like the the alts and stuff like that like mm-hmm. in call of duty you have kill streaks yes but there's also the field upgrades none of that is very it's not game changing so it gives you like a 5% boost versus like a 150% boost Right, like you're, I mean, you've all the kill streaks that they that you can buy, is you can buy kill streaks. You can buy the UAV, precision airstrike, or the mortar strike. Um, I think you can buy the shield turret, which I've only ever picked up. Um, mm-hmm. that thing is extremely deadly if you set it up on the edge of the circle as it's closing in. Mm-hmm. And you can just people down um but the uh, precision airstrike and the mortar strike are ones that it's the laser designator okay so you need to like physically point it at something and hit it now, it's not like a VTOL or something like that where you just open up the map and can select it 
Which is okay. So it adds an. Maybe I, just, I I I've been meaning to touch it for a bit, and actually I have my PS4 with me as we get to where I am right now, and so I could poke at it. I've just been playing other stuff, but I'm definitely curious on this because I feel like it made a bigger splash than we thought it would too. Because I'm surprised always when a battle royale comes out and like there's this, this makes a giant splash. Because like, how is the space not full? Call of Duty is how. Right, but like, because I mean, like, Fortnite's always gonna have its thing. It's like for, yeah, it's like it's like PUBG. It's like it's like my joke with Pokemon Go. We don't talk about these games, but they're not dead. Yeah, PUBG lives on on mobile. I think it's especially it's even um, on PC. It's like I understand it's not the numbers it used to. It doesn't get talked about it used to, but I guarantee there's still an audience there, and it's still profitable, and it's still making oods of money. Yeah, I mean the the back of the, the mobile has helped them a ton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mobile makes them more money, but I meant more like. If I just put PC in isolation, it's still an extremely successful game right now. I think it's like 10% of what its audience used to be. Which, but, I mean, its that's... audience used to be insane. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's still, what, the top 3% of Steam games? Top 1% of Steam games? Um, well, let's find out. Pull up Steam. I already have it open. I bet you it's still within the top 50 games Stats. concurrent. Because what's the top game? Probably Dota? <laughs> and then, uh, like... currently playing uh, PUBG, and this is at eleven thirty Eastern uh, Friday morning. Uh, there okay. are four hundred fifty-seven thousand seven hundred and twenty-two people. <laughs> okay, well, give me give me a number. What does that rank comparatively? Like, give me something close to it. It's currently third. Um, okay, my point stands. Thank you, everybody. And, and that's today. Um, it is approximately. It's currently two hundred thousand behind Dota two, and okay. uh, six hundred thousand behind Counter Strike. Whoa, whoa, okay. Exp- I've got. We gotta take a side trick here for a second. Dota two. Not saying I like the game. I understand the why people keep playing it and like it's how it's upgrading. Right? Why the fuck are people still playing Counter Strike? Why are uh, a million people playing Counter-Strike right now? I mean, Counter-Strike's bigger than it's ever been. Why are a million people concurrently playing that game right now? Um, because it is... 6 o'clock in Europe. Ah, damn Europeans and Asians, that's why. Well, in Asia it would be... It's almost midnight. Some people, so, yes, people are playing... So the fourth most played game right now is Grand Theft Auto. It is at 181,000. So a lot of these aren't down from their peaks. Yeah. Today because a lot of people are home. Yeah. You're not going to see a decrease at 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um. If anything, these numbers are probably going to go up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so true. I have the top 100 games by player count. Okay. I bet you I can name a good chunk of them, but yes, go on. What do you think the last one is? One number one? Is it a game I would know? Like, don't give me some random um, bullshit I wouldn't know. You might know it. 
It's slime an Ranger. ARPG. No, it's not Slime Ranger. Um, um, it's an ARPG, it says. I don't know. See, I, I've heard the term. I don't know if I know what that term actually means. It's you Grim to... Dawn. I've maybe heard of it. I've maybe. heard the name before. So. But I have zero, like, in my head doesn't go anywhere when you say that. Uh, the second to last game is a uh, zombie game. Zombie. It eh, is from... Eh. Hold on. Oh, it's only the... Yes. Okay. It's... I was like, it's not Dead Island. There's no fucking way it's Dead Island. Because I was trying to put big zombie games on there, and I think Zombie, which is the, the Ubisoft game, I think it's only on you play. Um, how many players do you think Doom 2016 has right now? Ooh. 50,000. Um, I'll tell you this. It is currently 500 behind Half-Life Alex. That oh, being God, said, so it's at like there are 18, currently 7,100 people playing Doom. Which, actually, for a game that old, I don't think that's a bad number. Especially when it has a sequel that's outright. Right, right. Like, actually, objectively, I would be content if you told me my game from that many years ago had that many concurrent players, yeah. Uh, speaking of Doom Eternal, though, it has currently 24,000. Which? Its daily this, peak is 36. Which? You know what's interesting about that, that means? Doom 2016 is getting about half the retention rate as the new game. Uh, not even. Oh, you're right. Um, I know I got half of them. I was saying math wrong. But, so, can, so, like, I don't know if that's bad numbers, though, also for for Doom Eternal, because it's, A, a single-player game, so, so, like, the numbers don't do the same. I know there's multiplayer, but, like, people relatively don't play for that. And then, it's hard to tell, kind of, how much of it is a console game, too. How many people do you think... Okay, I'm going to give you two games. Okay. You'll have to guess which one has more. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links or Farming Simulator 19? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links just came out this week, so I bet you that game. Uh, Duel Links has approximately half of Farming really? Simulator 19. I just assumed... Cause I, think it, I thought Duel Links was the one that just came out. Well, it, does, it has 10,000 players on it right now okay so i mean that's not bad i mean it's it's uh mm -hmm. three thousand more also, than doom 2016 or half-life alex i'm gonna say the honest thing too if you like to play you know actually those konami games actually aren't bad yeah i've been trying the to get into like so obviously there's magic arena mtg arena yeah, yeah. but i'm trying to mm -hmm. get into more of those ccgs uh, the Pokemon online one, actually, I'd argue, stick with, is A, not bad, it works really well for matchmaking, and the way they build their credit system, it's actually really easy to get packs, obviously, either by buying real packs in real life, or using the digital currency. Okay. Just here. How many players do you think Borderlands 3 has right now? It's, what is it, like? been on steam for like four weeks three weeks what was it's currently say, at its peak what did we say doom eternal was at roughly uh twenty four thousand. 
sixty. Fifty-six thousand eight hundred and two. Ooh, okay. Uh, Borderlands 3 DLC came out uh, last night, that's why. And it's the first new DLC since it released on Steam. So the um, biggest jump is between 4th and 3rd. It's like almost double, isn't it? Um, it's Grand Theft Auto V currently has 181,225 players on it. Mm-hmm. Which, um, uh, Red Dead 2 has 24,000 players on it, but Red Dead 2, I think, is also very big on the Rockstar launcher. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see those numbers That's, on yeah. Steam. Uh, GTA 5 has 181,225 players on it right now. PUBG is in mm-hmm. the third with 457,000. Hmm. PUBG is definitely still big. Um, mm-hmm. It also just had its year three event, I guess. So, because that came up on oh. my... You know, Steam has their, like, uh, what's new... Mm-hmm. And uh, the year three, year three for PUBG. Man, so, I have so, slept like dog shit this week. I'll tell you what. Apparently. Well, so the problem is with everybody at home, the dogs are out and about, and normally, mm-hmm. um, on a normal week. The dogs are in my room and wake me Lots up. Out and about. Yeah, wake me up because they need to go outside. So mm-hmm. now I've been uh, sleeping in and has ruined my sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently, the people behind uh, House Flipper have a dog or er, dog trainer game. So, there you go. It's releasing on TBA. Okay. So, AJ. Do you want to talk about the capitalist monster known as Nook? Or do you want to talk about the demons yet? Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons is the most just Hop in, check a box game ever. Have you, did you, wait, wait, have you played the old Animal Crossings? It's been a while. I think the last okay. one I played was on a DS. 3DS was the last Animal Crossing, so. I didn't have a 3DS. Okay, so you definitely did not play the last one. So, so do you enjoy this game? Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know. My issue with Animal Crossing is I feel like there's like I know there are goals, but I feel like the goals feel like chores. I mean, like you know, there's always the um, the thing of like 
oh, uh, donate 15 things to the museum and then it can expand. Mm-hmm. And basically, once you do that, it's, you know, kind of pointless to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Because there's not any more... Pro- I mean, you can obviously chip away at the loan, but... Like, I had gotten um, my house, my base house paid off within a day of it expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got the museum expanded, it's kind of pointless to keep playing. So I just shut it off and then I'll hop on and uh, talk to everyone in the town because that's a thing they have to keep up on. And, uh, so it's, it, I have yet to hit the, uh, the crazy spot that a lot of people are in mm-hmm. where their, their houses are just massive and have all these different things, which is very much a later animal, which is probably my issue with animal crossing gets to that point too. Cause like, it takes too long. <laughs> oh, it definitely takes way too long to do anything in this game. That's kind of the point of that game. The, the, the best picture of Animal Crossing is you go in, play 30 minutes every day. It's kind of the thing with it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. AJ, I've been slaying the demons this week. You, I have... Uh, going back to church? Well, well... It's close enough. To be fair, Doom Eternal is very religious, theme-wise. The Doom is inherently a very Catholic-themed game. Would you say it's Catholic, or more of, like, uh... You know, an it's, Orthodox? It's very Christian. But it's very Christian or Catholic in its essence, of, like, the what we define as... I know it's not Christian in, like... But, like, in the way we define as, like, when you say, like... When you say the good versus evil, the devil versus the savior, like, it very much has the themes kind of built into it. So what you're telling me is Doom Guy is uh, Jesus, or no? It would be—is it Saint Peter that kills the demon? Bro, or no? Peter's at the pearly gates. I don't know. You're Catholic, saints. Wait, what'd you say? Why are you doing this? Marco. Uh, I'm back. Mike. 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 Hi. Yeah, what were you saying? You were saying about... I said you're Catholic. Tell me, what are the saints? What are the saints? 
all of the saints? You want all of the saints? Well, no. Which one pulled off the demon? Which would... Michael. It's the one I'm named after. That's the easy one. Yeah. Well, I couldn't remember if, like, I was like, okay, oh, Peter's at the pearly gates. Michael. It's St. Michael the Archangel. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Revelation. One of the books is literally about him fighting them off one at a time. Well, Revelation is about the end of Right, but one of them is about him, like, having, like, a fight with them and then pushing Satan down to the earth. Or beneath the earth. Alright, so Doom Guy is St. Michael. Exactly, Doom Guy is St. Michael. Um, Doom Eternal, if I told you it is more Doom, uh, with bigger guns, bigger demons, and more explosions, would you believe me? Yep. Um... So, I think I have minor gripes, I think most people talk about this, is there are moments that platforming is a little too much in this game. A little too much. I think I... One of the things that's interesting to me, because I don't... It's in moments I really like it, and there are moments I hate it, where I feel like every single combat encounter... Because you keep walking into these arenas, which are obviously the combat encounters. It feels like they just try to throw every demon at you in every encounter. Yeah, Doom which, 1 was kind of like that, too. Or it was like... We're like, there are moments where I go, I don't know if I need to see this demon every single time. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I prefer a little more variety on, like, like if I have eight demon types, I'd be like, okay, this counter should have five, not all eight. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you play through Doom 2016, it's like, uh, you know, you go... All right, here's the encounter. Then it's you know Which a is thirty funny, second I break. I feel Doom and... twenty sixteen was almost better at that. And and you know, but it's just like okay, you know that you're going into an encounter, and you know you're basically going to be pushed to the edge. Really, no matter like it seemed like no matter what the difficulty, I never played Doom twenty sixteen on the easiest difficulty. It felt like whatever difficulty you played on, you were always just about to die and always out of ammo after an encounter. That's you feel you feel this one. It's feel during the counter because um it has the same game loop. So during twenty sixteen, you had the chainsaw for ammo, melee for health, that kind of game loop. The only thing now is they added a flamethrower to get armor. Yeah, I saw that. Which which I actually forget I have it half the time. Because, like, it's just, like, it, I almost feel like it's because the armor isn't the same level of necessity. I don't, like, in my, in, when my instincts kick in, I don't feel like it's the thing that comes to my mind. Because, for sure, like, you need armor and armor helps, but, like, if I lose my armor, I'm not dead. If I lose my health, I am dead. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's an enemy, actually, one of the things I like is, so they have shielded enemies again. And so if you get the plasma gun, actually it makes the shields explode. So like, you could time it, we have a shield guy surrounded by a bunch of other guys, make him explode. And he now took out a good chunk of people. Cool. But yeah, uh, Doom Eternal, I'm probably like halfway, maybe halfway through right now. Um, I'm about to, I'm about to meet an old friend in the game, it sounds like, so that's gonna be exciting. Samuel Hayden? Damn right. Who, My mission right now is to find Samuel Hayden. Up until, what, two months ago you didn't realize was just Satan? Shh, shh. Don't, don't. 
Which is funny. So in this game right now, to stop the, the helm to go, I'm gonna go find Satan. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, I swear, like... For people that maybe get the wrong impression, like, Mike's a, a fairly smart person. And then he goes and says things like, Tampa's on the Atlantic, and he didn't realize Samuel Hayden was supposed to be Satan. And it makes you wonder. <laughs> Again, objectively, I'm a decently smart person, so I'm told. You just, not everyone tends to believe me. I'm just saying. I would say maybe people tend not to believe that you're smart because you say things like Tampa's on the other side of Florida. It's, and I was, here's, here's the thing, like, you are always so confident <laughs> going into it. That is the, am I always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're ride or die, and I gotta give you credit, like. Your confidence that Tampa was on the Atlantic was so high. <laughs> I was like, just, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. definitely live up to the uh, text conversation that you had. What, a couple what, weeks ago. Wait, which conversation do we have? Uh, wait, like, about what? I'll tell you exactly what you asked me. Um, while I was on a flight, um, see. What dumb things I ask you? Should I ask you something dumb? Something. Uh, or you about to get canceled. That's always terrifying when you're like, what did I ask him? Uh, Friday, March 6th at 7.15 a.m., Am I our Dan Riker? <laughs> My response, at times. <laughs> at times. Your response, which is delayed because that was when I was flying to Salt Lake. Uh, I'm offended. My response <laughs> to that, you knew the answer to that before you asked. Be real with yourself. <laughs> did I, what did I call you at that you, point? So Alex? you never agreed to that statement. <laughs> But your response was, you're Alex, that means. My response to that, if that means I am incredibly, incredibly talented at drumming, absolutely. Your response, he also probably called Dan out the most. Which is true. If I just say, who called him out? Because Vinny would just go, oh, Dan. Well, Alex would be like, you're an idiot. I am okay. absolutely, Mike, you're an absolute. Fine. We will, we will live with what you just said. No title. WWE show episode 19. Mike's an idiot. Okay, whatever. Um, so it says here you've been watching Westworld. Season 3. How, how is it? Uh, so episode 2 just came out this past mm -hmm. week as a this. So by the time the show goes up, episode 3 will be out. So what I'm about to say is probably already old news. Uh, episode 2 of season 3 is probably the most just confused in a good way I've been with that show. Interesting. 
there's a lot of shows where you're confused for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's never fun. Uh, Westworld definitely had some of that being up its own ass, especially in the second season. As you'll be like, Westworld is one of those shows where I feel like being up your ass that we expect from the show. Yeah, it tends to be good about it. Like, like I know your true detective is up his own ass, too. Well, the second season was especially. That's true. And maybe that's the problem with new HBO is their second seasons are just so... Look how clever we were in the first season. Do that again, and mm-hmm. you're going to put it in your face. Um, but this is... I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that season three takes place outside of the park. Which is a very interesting decision. Well, it makes sense if you've seen season two. Mm -hmm. Season three is taking place outside of the park. Yeah, it's amazing, as Westworld always is. (laughs) That's true. I was talking to um, a guy at work last night, and he didn't realize that uh, Crichton wrote both uh, Jurassic Park and Westworld. Because there's a reference in episode two to a dragon going to Costa Rica, a startup in Costa Rica, which is obviously where Jurassic Park is. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that was cool. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't know that they were written by the same guy. He goes, what? <laughs> yeah. Brighton wrote both Jurassic Park and Westworld. <laughs> and in fact, he wrote both of them. Oh, okay. Because there's a Westworld movie from like the yeah nineties eighties. Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong. I think it's. I thought it was like late eighties. Nineteen seventy-three. Oh wow, that's a lot earlier than I thought. Oster looks like uh. Or he's hmm. very disturbing post. Uh, that for sure sounds like it. Um, apparently there was a sequel called Future World, hmm. and a short-lived television series called Beyond Beyond Westworld. Uh huh. Interesting. So two of the worlds featured in the movie, which. So the movie was released in 73. Okay. In the then future year of 1983. <laughs> um, so, obviously Westworld, Western World, Medieval World, they haven't covered. Mm-hmm. Nor have they covered Roman World. So. The only other world that they've shown you've gone up through season two is um, Feudal World, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently in the movie, Westworld was a thousand a day. What do you mean a thousand a day? For a thousand dollars per day, de- guests may indulge in any adventure with the Android population. That's a, that's a surprisingly expensive. Well, it is, but then you also, like, 
they're taking you to, well, for the show, they're taking you to the South China Sea, and you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. So. I always, like, they've never touched on it in the, um, in the show, but I always assumed that the cost of, in the show, the cost of going to Westworld was like 50 or 60 grand. At so you the, thought it was at, more. At the cheap end. Because it feels very much like a, this is for the billionaires that have nothing else to do. Yeah, actually, so, like, relatively, I know $1,000 is a lot, but, like, you could see where a lot of people in their lifetime could actually go to it. Yeah. It's like the Disney argument, kind of, like, in your lifetime, a surprising percentage of the population, independent income level, will go to Disney. I mean, that's seven grand for a week, like... Again, expensive trip, but, like, if you say for 30, like, you could have that where you go, we're gonna do this once. Yeah, like, the average middle-class family of four... At one point in their life, might do it. Would do it, like yeah. Again, it's not a trip you take <laughs> a lot, but right. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. For record, I kind of lose this for you. So I drove from Florida to around Chicago, AJ, in a single day. I thought you were. Oh no, that's that's Memorial Day, which you're probably not going to be able to fly on Memorial Day, so. Yeah, we're going to figure that a lot of that stuff out. So yeah, what I learned is, by the way, during during a pandemic, there is no traffic anywhere in the country. I'm surprised you didn't get pulled over. Uh, there was no stay orders at that point. Oh. Uh, Illinois stay order took effect the next day. It got announced, actually, when I was like two hours from the border. So I looked out. But yeah, I left at like 4 a.m. from Florida. Which was entertaining. I got to drive then through Alabama, through Tennessee, through Kentucky, through Indiana. Yeah, so... So you went west to go... I went east to go north. You said you went through Alabama. I live just south of Alabama. Oh, right, because you live, yeah. Yeah, so I live I just south of Alabama, name. and then when I hit um, Kentucky, you, I either go straight north, which is through Illinois, or I ended up going east through all of Kentucky, basically, and then through Indiana. Because where my parents live, it's right on the eastern side of Illinois, right almost on the border. So. Did your parents move? No, you were at this house. You've been in this house. That's not the eastern border. I can be in Indiana in 30 minutes. You could be in... I drove through Gary, I... Indiana. Yeah, I guess if you, like, booked it, yes, but... I think I think from when I cut the border, it was, like, 35 minutes from when I crossed the border. Yeah. No, we are shockingly close to the border. But you're not, like, the way you phrase it is that you're basically on the border with Indiana, which... Yeah, it's not like it's not like when we used to live up north and we used to be on the border of Wisconsin. That used to be five minutes. It's not yeah. that. Okay. 
Uh, AJ, I believe it's time for our monthly F1 update. How how are the F1 races going on? Who who's winning? Um, hold on, let me see if I can pull up the results. Uh... So explain to people what's happening. Let's start there. So, uh, of course they're not gonna. Just want to see who. So obviously the F one season has been delayed till In- indefinitely June at the earliest. Um. So a couple. Uh, F1 drivers led by Lando Norris, who is an absolute hilarious follow on social media, um, teamed up with some esports company post um, simulated races, digital races in uh, F1, F1 2019. Um, mm-hmm. So they just had the not the Bahrain GP. And in it, they had Lando Norris. They had a couple of reserve drivers. An F2 driver. Two or three uh, sim racing drivers, like professional iRacers or R-Factor drivers. They had... Uh, former F1 driver who's now a TV correspondent. They had Liam Payne from One Direction. What the hell? They had Ian Poulter, the golfer. They have, that was interesting. Apparently they had a soccer goalie, but it was somebody that I didn't know. So, like, is this entertaining to watch? Yeah, I mean... It's largely the same. Like, so the thing of it was, like, the Bahrain Grand Prix was different from the Australian GP that they mm-hmm. did. And because the Bahrain race, all the cars were equal. So it was much closer. Whereas the Australian race, they raced the just standard cars. So performance differences were apparent. Um,. So it's still fun, like, especially if, you know, you're somebody that's not necessarily a F1 fan, and you hear that you're a golf fan, and you hear Ian Poulter in his time off from not being able to golf is racing online, you're going to check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Possibly the funniest part about the Bahrain race was... Um, Lando's game crashed, but he was still in the session. So it was Mm -hmm. controlled by AI and Lando bot, as they were calling it, uh, went from dead last to second. (laughs) Wait, really? Yep. So he got a little lucky because the, the AI didn't pit to change tires because they were required to do that. Interesting. Um, so he got up into second because of that. He ended up finishing in fourth or fifth. But he went from dead last on the pack because his game crashed, so he couldn't qualify. 
um, to yeah the bot and so that is the, the funniest part was I was watching Lando's stream and then obviously the game crashed and everything so I tw- uh, tuned in to the um, I think the F1 Twitch channel had it and the commentators were like getting the news that it wasn't actually Lando <laughs> and so and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Lando may be back in. So, and sure enough, I tuned in and he was back driving. I was like, oh man, this is just such a shit show. Like, mm-hmm. your, your driver that is going to directly, like, has the largest following outside of F1 in the digital world with Lando, like, to see him having so many problems with the official F1 game. Like, <laughs> Codemasters, Codemasters just got, you know, raked over the coals. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, NASCAR did this as well in iRacing, and they showed it, they aired it on TV. Um, so wow. That was the second NASCAR iRacing event that was aired on, see? NBC Sports. Um... The first being a all-star race. I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe some of the IndyCar drivers are trying to line up stuff in iRacing. Hmm. Um, yeah. Nice. Also to that go is- along with IndyCar, the 500 was delayed to that is That is true. Yeah, that sounds right. August something? August 23rd. And the Indy Road Course race is now a doubleheader with NASCAR on July 4th. Jesus. Uh, Also, breaking news I've been seeing is there are some uh, leaking NFL people like inside the organization. Oh, yeah, the season's getting delayed. Yep. Uh, So, oops, I just quit. It's closed out of the... uh... Show notes, so you're gonna have to. Uh... That's fine. Um, we are, we are about to hit the news segment. Um, I'm thinking we take a two minute potty break. In other words, guys, Mike has to pee. That's true. Uh, this would be a good ad break section. So AJ, make up some ads. I'll be right back. All right, everyone, we're back to the show. Uh, so I, Mike some and... might say I, I invoked the pee. Mike and Donald Trump have something in common. Like the <laughs> pee. Hey, hey, hey. Invoking the P means two different things to different people, okay? I invoked production, goddammit. Donald Trump's invoking the P. I mean, you... You, uh, invoked P of P. <laughs> That's not it's pop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or pee-pee, because you never uh, initialize, you know, short at it of there's a list mm-hmm. that you never Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so we're on to the, the news segment, AJ. Uh, we have we have a nice variety of news. And I just I didn't say that because I just looked at the article from Variety. Um, one of the bigger, so one of the bigger things is Wonder Woman is officially delayed, which means the reason that's a big deal, 
and this will tie to, I think, AMC announcing, like, oh, they announced this a couple weeks ago, that every single AMC is going to be closed from 6 to 12 weeks. <laughs> Which means, at this point, everything is in the countries. That was from the announcement, right? So that's it's yes. five to eleven weeks from where but we the are whole, now. The whole point, though, I think we understand is once AMC did it, basically every theater chain in the country kind of said it at the same time. Yeah. Um, there was basically going to be no new movies, relatively speaking, for the next three months. Yeah. Uh, which which led us into the obvious thing that AJ called last week somehow last time we talked, was uh, basically all the Universal films right now are on demand, and a bunch of other companies are kind of signed on this. Basically, it ranges between... It's usually around $20 to $40 pending the film, and then again, pending the film, it's either a rental or an ownership. Yeah. Which... This was the single most obvious thing. It's a steeper price tag than I expected. I'm honest. No. $40 is steeper. 20 bucks. Yeah, 40 is a little... 20 bucks, I, 20 bucks, I at least understand the logic behind. Because if you're 20 bucks at home with a family, it's still cheaper than going to the movies. Yeah. So that's, that's very... Inter- it was just a very interesting thing to me that it's that price tag. And I'm, the other intriguing thing to me is a lot of them you can only rent. Which, which, I was a decision I didn't expect them to make. Also, China has ordered the reclosing of all cinemas. Because, hear me out, China's been lying about their numbers now for the oh, last couple weeks is why. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to say the hours, but look, China has been lying when they go, we've had no new cases. I call bullshit. There's no way China's, to, it's like, did you hear Russia last night announced their, fir- their first case? Okay, Russia, sure, that was your first case last night. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, we will get to it in a bit. But we've adjusted Movie Club because of all this, um, which which leads me into the more interesting variety story I think, which is Christopher Nolan basically did this giant plea to people, being like, like, uh, you need to go to movie theaters when they open up, because they're going to close. Yeah. Which, which if I remember, right, Nolan's always been this very vocal person. I think about movie theaters. Yeah, because he always shoots his films in 70 mil film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um... It just... Is there very... a, a link to... Souls? I did not get one pulled immediately. Um, I think it's not that hard to find. On demand... Because, let's see. Uh, I got to see another quote about it real quickly. Got it. So it's The Invisible Man, The Hunt, and Emma. And it's $20 for 48 hours. You get for 48 hours. Yeah. And then Trolls, as of April 10th. God, how much do you think DreamWorks is taking on Trolls? Like, they're taking a bloodbath on... Because you know that gets... Co- like, the cast, it costed a lot of money. Yeah. God. I'm surprised... So, Trolls is coming out on demand April 10th. Why the hell did they not just push it? That one I don't understand. I would have pushed Trolls. You're not making the same amount of money. 
They probably didn't have an option. Because, like, the hunt, or, like, like because the, the hunt is, blue, is God, um, Bloom, Bloomhouse, which, notoriously, Bloomhouse Productions makes cheaper films. So they, in theory, might be able to make their money back. The Trolls well, is probably, what, a hundred million dollar film? Also, like, apparently the hunt had already been delayed. Yeah, the hunt was supposed to come out when, like, a shooting happened last year, or a terrorist attack or something. September 27th. Yeah, there was there was some incident tied to it. Rabbit hole, September twenty seventh, nineteen. I thought something was that New Zealand was last year or something. Let's see, I just remember there was an incident tied to like when um, it was around it was supposed to come out. It may have been before that. Okay, well, something in the world basically made them decide to delay the film. Hold on, let's see. No, I want what happened. Holiday. Yeah, I know something happened. Let's go September. Earn event September. Why was the hunt delayed? Um, got it. It was the Ohio and Texas massacres in August. Oh yeah. Which which because the theming of the film was kind of around hunting people and massacring, so makes sense. But also, I bet you what's the hunt's budget? Probably some some relatively low number. Yeah, Blue House likes to make them cheap. Oh, budget was 15 mil. I think they can make 15 mil on streaming on demand. Oh, yeah. So. So even if they just break even on this film, they could at least not make, like, tr- like, compared to, again, to Trolls, which DreamWorks is going to take a bloodbath on Trolls. Yeah. Because, like, A, if I remember correctly, that cast behind that, like, it's one of those things of, like, all of that, it's going to... It's gonna be a uh, it's... So it's a $90 million budget on Trolls World Tour. You're not making $90 million for a kid's movie on streaming. Because you know that's not happening. Because, like, the $20 helps families a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. like, uh, at least by me. A evening showing with two kids would be something like $45 just in movie tickets. Mm -hmm. So this is now $20, stay at home, don't have to pay for parking, you don't have to pay gas. I got got it also. The worldwide box office for it, because it released, everything's closed everywhere. $1.8 million. Sounds like it was released, like, the day before everything got shut down. They probably got Thursday, they probably got something like, either Thursday screenings, you know, you know there's early screenings around the country and stuff. Yeah. yeah. God. Jesus. Okay, yeah. 
I'm just curious. I, I'm convinced the film, the, the industry is not going to recover from this. I mean, the industry will recover. It'll take a year. I just don't think movie. I bet you that we're about to see the death of movie theaters we've all been concerned about is going to happen. I think this. I think this made it happen. Oh, you're definitely going to see a lot of like mom and pop theaters shut. I bet even the big chains we're going to see drastically shrink. I'm not saying yeah, they're going to die. Like AMC's definitely going to take a look at the books and be like, okay, can we cut this? Can we cut our theaters in half? Yeah, or they'll just cut like the. You know, the lowest 10% performers, right. like. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be very interesting. Okay, so the, the biggest story, I think, that Lily just dropped yesterday, so it helped me out a ton, right, is this Epic Games publishing announce story, Okay. So I need to, we need to talk about this because I think Epic Games, and for the record, this is all because of Fortnite, how everything changed. Epic Games continues to, I think, fundamentally change the industry to a better direction towards devs and away from publishers. And there's a few different reasons why. Are you aware of this, AJ? Did you see these stories yesterday? I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So fundamentally yesterday... The Epic announced they're officially a publisher and they're publishing other people's games. So their first set of games was Gen Design, who helped done Last Guardian, Play Dead, obviously Beside Inside a Limbo, and Remedy. So control. They are they are multi-platform games, that's all we really know about them. The thing that is fundamentally interesting is Epic, because they know this is the best publishing deal in the industry, had the balls to release their publishing terms out in the public. And I think that's what's fundamental about this. There's no backroom deal. They're very clear to go, here is our terms. And I'm going to read these terms. So the, the thing I think describes it perfectly is Rami Ismail, who's a relatively really famous in developer, independent developer, just put these terms in plain English for me to understand how much of an amazing deal this is. Are you ready? Just to make it, just to make it clear, Epic pays for your games, for the development for the marketing, for the publishing. You own your game during and forever and Epic makes zero creative decisions. After Epic recoups their cost on it, you get 50% of revenue point blank forever, not the 70-30 split because the Epic store. It's just 50-50 from then on out. So fundamentally, you make your game, keep your game, make the decisions for your game. Epic take all the risks and either you break even because the game breaks even or you make half the profit forever. Yeah, but think about a game like, let's take Control. Okay. Which has sold extremely well. I guarantee the deal is not this. Well, I would hope not, at least with the 50-50, because like... The 50-50 is the part that blows your mind. It is and it isn't, like... Okay, once costs are recouped, so are you telling me, like, if... We wanted to make a billion dollar game because technically mm-hmm. you could under these terms there's full creative control and they will cover up to 100% of everything. Oh. Somebody is going to exploit this. So, yes. But what's what's 
interesting about this on a fundamental level is though, I don't know if you, I assume you know this too, it's, not everyone does them. There's a reason publishers don't talk about their deals out loud. Because their deals don't look like this. The deals tend to be like absurd stuff like developers get 10% or 20%. You don't get 50% of profits. If you're an independent developer signing with a publisher, you do not get half the profits. Or you take more risk up front. Well, and yeah, that's more for like indies. Like okay, well, these terms, I think, are, this terms we're talking about, like, even like Remedy, it's not a giant studio. Remedy is a big independent studio by those standards, but it's and it's like a relatively boy studio, but it's not a it's not a giant studio. No, it's also had well control was its first game that wasn't Rock that weren't Star. under contract from somebody else. Right. So Um I think it matters though, and I think I think watching because they also signed Playdead, and I so someone like Playdead, obviously, this deal is amazing for. Them. Is it though? Like inside well, Limbo especially. Inside. Like, but Inside took sold, how many years to make? Yeah, Limbo has sold like gangbusters, and has That's had true. a extremely long tail. But I, I bet you Inside Inside we heard about kind of when it came out. It did not have the same oomph Limbo did. Again, I'm not saying Inside wasn't profitable, but there definitely was a higher risk, and the industry has fundamentally shifted since they came out with Limbo. Yeah. In Limbo, they were one of the indie game like success stories. One of the few Xbox Live Arcade games. The era that Inside came out in is like, oh, indies are more normal. Yeah. It, it wasn't this, like, like back then, it, like, when Limbo came out, it was an indie? What? Like, now it's, oh, okay. I, I, I think what's going to be interesting to me is, and I think what matters more than this deal, is I think we remember. So Epic Game Store came out with the 88-12 split, right? Which made Apple shift its rules. Made made Android shift its rules. Made Steam make the shitty rule that we all bitch about, but it still made it shift its rules more in the developers' directions. Now that this deal is public on the table, that means like publishers who are doing other publishing of third-party games now probably have to shift their deals to be closer to this. Because yeah, right now, I if mean, I'm like... if I'm a studio, if I get pitched between Sony and Epic. If, like, if both of them would say yes, I would always take it. Like, I would never accept now not Epic's deal. Well, but here's the thing. Like, Epic is solely doing this because of Tencent and Ford. Yes. So basically what this is, is Disney effectively forcing everyone out of competition. This deal, so while it's good now, will hurt the industry I don't know if I agree they hurt the industry, because the issue right now is, if you talk to developers on or off the record, pending what you're talking about, um, there is a fundamental concern on, for most publishers, is you you are signing with a publisher to survive, you're not signing with it, most most games aren't signed with publishers actually to make fundamental profits. Because the deals a lot of times in them are, like, not this good, or you're taking more risk up front. Whether a lot of these terms were like again, the joke that Rami had in this in this Twitter thread, I kinda I kinda took that from originally was he went he went he talked to indie developers who he jokes saying if you dropped a hundred of them on a desert island, they would all kill each other for one of them to have a shot at this deal. Like this deal like Devolver Digital was known for good deals. This makes this by the sound of it makes them look like a bad deal. Like like 
the publishers that were known for great deals can't stand up to this. Yeah, like, but here's the thing, right? This looks great. Like, and yes, it's amazing. But if everybody gets to this point, like, you're going to see the middle publishers die because they can't afford to do deals. So Epic's going to have everything, and then, what's the saying? If if somebody has, what is it from Incredibles? If everybody has superpowers, nobody's super. Mm-hmm. So if Epic owns everybody, then this deal means nothing. Mm-hmm. Because but it doesn't know, if, mean if everybody's nothing. signing a deal with Epic, like, yeah, okay, you own your game. And you got to right. fit, but here's the thing, right? Like, think of this deal. Okay, it's fully funded, and you mm-hmm. have full ownership. Okay. If you suddenly get a deal from, say, Steam mm-hmm. to market it on their marketplace. For the sequel, I see we're talking about or whatever. No, like, for the game. Like, to put it on, and they'll market it on the front page, and, you know, you don't you basically don't have to do anything with steam in terms of they have server spin up servers post forums like all that that steam offers and you know they give you it an amazing deal that epic won't touch because epic doesn't have the steam does in terms of forums and community support and server spin up and stuff like that you're still stuck with the 50-50 because if you don't get 50 for deals in the place, that's the whole point is you, those deals don't exist. No, but you're still, you know, like this deal is great, but if you suddenly get another deal, like, but that's called signing with any publisher. That's the, the, the I think, I think what I disagree with you on that one is that's called when you sign with one publisher, another publisher might appear on the day. Like that's true. Yeah. But your, your deal, your profit sharing deal probably isn't this. Where that's true. It's once costs are recouped. Is the key word there? Obviously, that's every deal. Which, but like, that's still this deal is still the reason Epic is willing to release this deal publicly is because no publisher matches this deal. So, and this is just them with a big dick. This will also hurt Epic long term because Fortnite's not going to last forever. See, we keep saying this, but again, I bet you. Fortnite's revenue still is this thing that, like, another one of those anomalies we don't talk about in the production we did a year ago. But, like, it's getting the money in a way that, like, is shocking. I mean, here's the the thing, right? Like, I think you and I are looking at this from two different lights because you're looking at this from, oh, as a game creator, this is amazing. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it from a a business perspective, especially in other mediums when deals like this happen in movies and TV movies more than TV Mm -hmm. you tend to see what we're seeing now where there's Disney there's basically three there used to be 20 different houses publishing houses there are now five yeah because Disney hit it big, or Universal hit it big with a movie, and was able to do these deals. What you're seeing is 
Now, like, streaming kind of threw a wrench in that plan. Because mm-hmm. it allows indie movies a spot. But if, like, if Netflix hadn't existed, you would not see indie movies. You would not have seen Three Billboards. You would not have seen mm-hmm. Bloomhouse turn the way that it did. Mm-hmm. So, pieces that we look on as being, like, influential movies. You would have never seen Shape of Water. Moonlight mm-hmm. would have never happened. Like, movies that are exceptionally highly regarded you would have never seen happen because these deals are mm-hmm. because I can almost guarantee that Epic is going to be a hell of a lot more selective this process now because they don't want to take on 50 indie games that are going to cost them you know two to three million dollars. They don't want to take that on if they can take on one that's going to cost them 35. Mm -hmm. So suddenly there's, you know, 10, 15 projects that aren't getting made Mm -hmm. because of this deal. Right. But the other, my issue, I think with your view on this one is, is I would argue games are a different landscape in the way A, they're already funded, and B, like revenue in the back end is. And oh, yeah, it's a totally different animal, but this is definitely a. Here's the thing, right? Like, if Epic was succeeding, you would see people talking about it more. Like, they, I would argue especially they from the game store. Though. Like, um, you know, oh, you always hear, like, Every developer I've interviewed, except for maybe two, have said, oh yeah, it's going to be out on Steam. Mm-hmm. I've heard two people say, oh yeah, it's going to be on the Epic Store. So they're... Because also they're, they're being pickier on it, where Steam's kind of still this open, yeah. uber open platform. Which is kind of Epic's one thing, is they're like, we have a baseline of quality control, is one of their arguments. I mean, quality control is debatable. Satisfactory runs like dog shit still. Okay, when I say quality control, I mean, like, for $400, I could put anything up on Steam. Yeah. I drop $100, I could, I could be like, here's this piece of shit I spent two minutes on. That's, I think, the Steam issue. I think we've talked about this, where that is, that is the issue with Steam, is well, there is no quality control. They have no quality control, but they have crowd control. Yes, like, it, it may but not be you know, more stuff gets buried because of that. Oh, definitely, but stuff also rises out of shit. Like mm-hmm. Steam succeeds. Like, look at you know, obviously the deals aren't that great because Satisfactory is coming over to Steam. Well, um, the deal's only six month exclusives, or a year or whatever, pending six months or year exclusive deals. Would you epic deals? It was a year. At least for um, Satisfactory. But the way they're wording it, it sounds like they wanted to get out of that deal. My understanding was, which is interesting about it, because the deals had guaranteed minimums on them. Which yeah. is why devs would sign up for them. Because the guaranteed minimum was enough for, okay, I at least break even now. I guarantee I break even, and then a year from now I'll work on profits. Yeah. 
I, I mean, like, just from... Especially from the uh, community side of it. Mm-hmm. All the forums that are up on Steam right now, because the game's got a Steam page that has forums, uh, makes it sound like people that are currently playing it on Epic, and this is just because the only reason I'm using Satisfactory as a example is because that was a game I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it's not getting updated. It got a decent-sized update recently, but in terms of support from Epic in the sense of like, oh, hey, what about this problem that's on Epic's back end? They're mm-hmm. not talking about any of that. There's zero interaction with Epic in that sense. And the developers seem very happy to come to Steam. Right? Mm-hmm. So if this Epic deal is so great that they're saying it like, why are devs running from it seemingly? But it depends what you mean by running. And maybe that's an example of, I'd like to see more developers than one say that. Because by a lot of developers, it was a great deal. And again, it's the, it's the because the nature of indie games is so hard even to make profits on, the guaranteeing the breaking even point is like, for a lot of devs, like, okay, this is, I'll, I will eat of six months, I don't care. Yeah. Well, and didn't um, Subnautica do the same thing? They went on Epic, right. and then they came right back to Steam. Right, because again, it was the... It was, again, it was their deal term was, I think, six months. Yeah. But they seemed very happy they came back right. to the scene. But they also didn't seem just happy when they're on that, though, too, and that's... No, but it's also, like, you can put on a really good face for six months. But, but again, though, I think it's the you guaranteeing that you're breaking even is what matters. Is why, Again, it's the, well, that's why I put even, but, like, that fundamentally in, a, in an industry where the Balkany games can't make that guarantee, that guarantee becomes very much worth it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's nice, but it's also, like, there's a lot of, still a lot of people out there that see people taking deals like this and say... There's a large segment of the fan base of some of uh, Satisfactory that are like, I'm never buying this game because you guys went on it. But, and again, and I, I hear like those, but that, like, so, but that backlash I, like has been proven. Like, and I don't know if it has been. I disagree with you on that. So well, it has no, been Subnautica's uh, expansion, whatever it was, like below zero. Yeah, like did significantly worse than projected. And that was the first thing back on Steam. Mm-hmm. The Subnautica released on Steam in early access, then went over to Epic, and then came back with... But then my argument would be, on the other end, like, Borderlands 3, like, on Epic Store, broke all record, Like, broke a ton of records. I mean, that's Borderlands. Like, that's a game with two previous games, a game, one of which sold exceptionally well and built a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're telling me is, like, Uh, for example, you would say, oh, uh, Avengers 3 broke all kinds of records because it was on Disney. I'm not saying because it was on... 
Like that, but, the, but that's what you're what you're no, saying yeah. is it switched publishers and it broke all records even though it had a fan base beforehand. But my whole point was I would I would argue that that I don't think this backlash is this very widespread thing. Maybe on the Uber indie side or the type of audience that Subnautica has it is, but I don't think we have not seen if it was this Uber widespread thing then we would be we would see epic stuff people stop going for these epic deals and we're not seeing that. Because then the risk wouldn't be worth it. I mean, there's also like, I hate to say it, but a lot of, a lot of developers, even film developers, studios, uh, they don't give two shits about people. But they care about their like, backend, and their backend uh, is tied to people. If they can get a guaranteed deal, like covering the cost, they'll go for it. Especially on small scale deals where. It's somebody that saved up and quit their job. Mm -hmm. Like if they can have a guaranteed return on an investment, even if it's a, you know, a net zero, they'll be happy. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't give two shits if they them because they're on Epic. They got their game paid for. Mm -hmm. So that's also the problem is the the fans that want to be fans see these deals that are taken because it's guaranteed funding basically it's a blank check they see these deals as like basically slap in the face of their audience because oh we don't care about you guys we're going to get money mm -hmm. no matter what i'm not saying that's a bad thing like there's some people that definitely take deals mm -hmm. but these large scale studios like a remedy like I mean Playdex not big but I like Playdex probably I think a dozen people or it's not giant yeah, but like remedy is definitely or what it is like it's, it's, it's a decent one of those yeah yeah it's a decently sized indie studio it's probably about 100 people 80 yeah. people that's why like that size is what we're speaking of here like they're clearly that size and can sustain that size so they don't need a mm -hmm. deal like this uh, again though i get i will i i bet you like 505's deal was not this for example oh well wide. 505 is like seems to be like the oh we'll pick anything up mm -hmm. like oh you can't get a deal with anyone oh just sign with 505 Mm -hmm. I mean, they're successful at getting games out, but isn't 505 the ones that did a AMA on HM? Mm-hmm. Like, um, no, that is THQ uh, Nordic. I knew it was one of those heroes that... It was Nordic, because, yeah, but I was like, do you not know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's the big news of the time. Uh, games to watch for coming up relatively soon. Um, RE3 Remake is April 3rd. Final Fantasy VII will be April 10th. And I and it's a little bit farther out, but put everyone's radar. Wasteland 3 comes out on May 19th. AJ, would you like to explain to the people what we're doing for Movie Club for the foreseeable future? So, okay, Movie Club, obviously, since movie theaters are shut down, that kind of throws a wrench in our plans. So, for the meantime, 
and this is just for April now. This could change. <laughs> could. I mean, um, the movie we were going to watch in April was uh, No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. 26th James Bond movie, I believe. I thought it was 25. 25 or 26. I thought it was called Bond 25, is what we used to call it, so. Um, a Bond 25 Spectre. Um, so, obviously, instead of seeing that, which that is delayed until November, that is still going to be the November movie. Bond 25 is No Time to Die, I reckon. Uh, instead of that, we will be diving into the 24 other Bond movies to pull out two of them. Mm-hmm. And those are Moonraker and Die Another Day. Ooh, 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 ooh. Moonraker, the first James Bond movie to break $200 million at the box office. Really? That's Short. exciting. Um, so yeah, that is Moonraker from, I believe it's 81, and Die Another Day from 2. Yeah, Die Another Day is the last pre-Daniel Craig Bond movie. Yep. Uh, general note, I didn't realize, uh, one of the Bond girls in No Time to Die is the main female in Knives Out. Anna Darmus? Yep. Yeah. You didn't know she was going to be in... I don't know. I don't, think... I don't know if I put the connection together. It's her and Lysado. Yep. From Spectre. Uh, well, yeah, because the end of Spectre leaves it wide open. Okay. Well, it's also, I think, it'll be the... F- we already discussed this, but I believe it's the first... Bond Fine, you want to continue. Yeah, that is quick. Okay, so yeah. Um, that is what we're doing this one, uh, while movie theaters are in hiatus. Remember, Momocon, sadly delayed. We have no information. Uh, remember, you can follow us on all of these socials. I am at Mikey underscore Moni. AJ is at that Detroit boy. The show is... <laughs> the show is at the SWW show. Remember, it's swwshow.com, anchor.fm, slash SWW. Uh, stay tuned. For the next couple weeks, uh, we will have interviews, all that fun stuff lined up. Um, as we're recording this, which will be last week's episode time, you hear it. Uh, since we have a lot of interviews lined up, I did a bigger show with three different interviews, and I think that'll probably be the trend for the next couple weeks, depending on how many we have built up. It, I try to keep at least two in there, but it might be three. Also, pending uh, how long this virus situation Pandemic. continues. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so it's not just the you know it's not just the viral pandemic; it's also the Work from home. Everything surrounding it, yeah, like the stay-at-homes, the all of that. But that's all tied to it. When that goes away, they'll go away too. So, well, and so we'll see on Twitter when we get an update on Momocon. Yeah, because we'll be we sure to, to uh, figure it out. Tell everyone. Um, also, with this uh, pandemic. Obviously, Formula One hasn't been happening, so the F1 Fantasy League is still happening. So, <laughs> as long as, you know, races happen. It will happen. Still hop into that. It's, there's a tweet. Yeah. Uh, I will pin it at some point, yeah. if it reminds me. 
And then I think me and Dan are going to talk at some point next week or two because we haven't done any Borderlands shows since the DLC came out. And now they have two pieces of DLC and some post content to talk about Borderlands 3. I think that's everything. Uh, you got anything else for people? Um, apparently Roman Reigns has pulled out of the WrestleMania match. Oh yeah, general note, WrestleMania, no audience, two-night event. Hosted <laughs> by Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> oh my god. Apparently the Miz is sick. Unclear on whether or not he got Rona. The Miz gets the Rona. That'll be something. Okay. I yeah. mean, are we surprised it was the Miz? Like, no, no, we're not. I true. guess the only other person that I would have guessed to get it would Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> no, Dolph Ziggler, two hundred percent. I expected to get it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. Goodbye.
This podcast was a product of the SWW Show. You can find more at the SWWshow.com or Facebook.com slash the SWW Store or Twitter.com slash SWW. You can find out more about Mike at Mikey underscore Maroney on Twitter and more about AJ at Locivor on Twitter. Remember, new episodes come out twice a month, one focusing on the new entertainment news and one focusing on movie club, so new and an old movie. You can find out more again at the SWWshow.com and you can find the show on podcast services around the globe.